Hi there, and welcome. This is the All is Fair in Love and Rev Par podcast, a podcast designed for hoteliers by hoteliers. Learn how to elevate your hotel's revenue and experiences with new best practice tips. With vast experience with different brands and independent hotels, your host Haley Whiting will create different weekly topics about the hotel industry to help you and your hotel achieve your definition of success. The topics and guest speakers will vary from week to week to give you a well-rounded experience. Without further ado, here's your host, President of Hospitality with a Flair and Travel Blogger, Haley Whiting. Welcome back, everybody. It's Haley with All is Fair in Love and Rev Par. And Lord, do we know that All is Fair in Love and Rev Par these days? I've brought back a fan favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Patrick Hansen from Mm. Dominion Hospitality Group, their vice president of operations, uh, boy wonder, king of it all. How are you? That's what my business partner calls me. He calls me BW, BW, (laughs) Southern accent. You got to love the South. Um, I'm well, how are you? I'm going to pretend like I haven't, I didn't talk to you two minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) We're not always working and bouncing ideas off of each other. I know. I'm pretty (sighs) sure I talk to you more than I do my husband. (laughs) That's okay. You know what? Like I would venture to say that I'm, you know, a little prettier, you know, I I, I would say so too. I'm definitely funnier. I'm definitely funnier. I love you, Jeff, but I mean, (laughs) we've been together about as long, so... (laughs) It's true. It's true. Oh my God. When did we meet? We met. It's We're coming up on on our 10 year anniversary. It is. It'll be ten, our 10 year anniversary on uh, May the 5th. Oh, wow. We I'm going to send you, something. I'm going to send you something spectacular. I'm going to send you something. Red bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Jesus, bloody shoes. Oh my gosh, these people <sighs> think we're crazy. So I brought Patrick back. Well, there's one thing for sure is that we don't dance now. We make money moves. That, that much true. we know. <laughs> so I brought Patrick back to talk about hotel operations because this is his wheelhouse. And I actually, versus us just chatting per normal, I actually came up with a list of questions for you today, Patrick. <laughs> That's good because I ramble. Mm. <laughs> No, because I can get real soapboxy. I'll just go, I'll just drag that soapbox out and stand on it, you know? A dove to shame. <laughs> I haven't gotten on my white horse in a minute. Don't tempt me. Whoa, Silver. <laughs> All right. So first question I have for you is, you know, there's been a lot of change in the industry this last year. And there's a lot of younger individuals that may have been working in the FOM role and AGM role that are now promoted to the role of GM. You know, they're a little cheaper than a seasoned GM. We all know Mm. what's happening out there. (laughs) I know the disdain in your voice. What should a GM do when they first take over a hotel? Like they're new to the role, new, you know, to this whole hotel potentially. What do you recommend? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I, I could start speaking from experience. I could start speaking from an ownership standpoint, having brought one of those, uh, having brought on a young gentleman uh, who was new to his role as well. <clears throat> so what I would recommend if you're taking over a hotel as a GM is like from, are you, from the outside coming in as a GM, 
okay? Not necessarily moving up from AGM to, you know, we can cover both. Um, the most important thing is for the first week, don't do anything. Don't make any changes, period. Unless there's like something major going on, like the threat to life safety or whatever, like by all means, get the get the lint out of the dryer vent pipe, okay? Um, but you need to watch the ebb and flow of the property. You need to assess, you know, the staff, their uh, successes and opportunities, training opportunities, um, you know, look at your revenue management, go through your sales process, pull your top 50, uh, pull your star reports year over year, go through your QAs, explore, you know, the brand portal, um, you know, assess whether your hotel is, you know, up to par with, um, supplies and linens, do an inventory, like when you first start. You need to, you want to have all of your information ready to go so that you can make a series of educated decisions that are most effective so you're not chasing your tail as you try to take on something that could be a very difficult thing to walk into. Now, Haley, you remember me going into one Specific, actually, there were two. There was one in New York and one in Virginia. Now, the one in New York, I was only at for six weeks. Okay. That was super fun. It looked like the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. It was under investigation, or not under, it was under renovation, <laughs> not investigation. Um, you, know, you know, it's bad when I had the brand experience for that brand and I was walked in and I was like, have you done this training for this, this or that? You're like, I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> so bad. I was like, okay, I took the job knowing that I would be there for 37 seconds. But when I was there, you know, I gave it my all. So I put the renovation back on track, um, walked in, assessed, okay, looked at you know, the staffing situation versus the staffing model, which was super rigid. Now, this is a company that was incredibly controlling. Like you could not order staples without the approval of the corporate office. You could not open invoices. You could not see any AP. No, you could not see a P&L. No, you did not know what the other half of your budget was. Like these are incredibly important things to share with a GM for a GM to look at. You need to know what your expenditures are. You need to know, you know, uh, what your parameters are and you need to be properly trained. Just that is the number one thing that you can give to any employee that is the greatest gift is training and transparency. But that's for later on in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> what are some common mistakes made by novice hotel operations management staff and even we can take it a step further and say, what mistakes down the line is a management company going to deal with by, you know, trying to pick up more novice people to fulfill these big roles instead of hiring somebody that's a little bit more seasoned? The first thing I can think of is human resources, HR <clears throat> uh, practices, getting in and you know, some of these novice operations folks uh, don't understand that um, perception matters. Uh, they need to understand uh, what the laws are, what is perceived as discriminatory, what is discriminatory behavior, what you can and cannot say in an interview. Uh, you know, I mean, and if you're saying terrible things all the time, you shouldn't be in that role to begin with. You don't belong as the leader of people. 
but um, you know, there's a lot that can be done very innocently um, that could get you in a lot of trouble. Um, pick up the phone and have a conversation, ask questions, call somebody that's more seasoned. Um, you know, if you have a question, your payroll company can all, you know, often have um, a solution for you or just check your, with your Department of Labor website um, if you don't have other access or another GM to call or what have you. But definitely HR, that can get the management company into trouble too. And what about from the management point, Stan? You know, like I, I battle with this actually, because, you know, there are some individuals and not to brag, but like you and myself that are always very go-getter, eager, ready to hit the ground running. Um, but as we know, that's not always the case. People don't have the same personalities that you and I do and, you know, other people like us. But what are management companies going to run into by, say, promoting a 22-year-old FOM that's been in his role for a year to a GM role to try to save money? Uh, they're going to run into a lot. And the thing is, you get what you pay for. Um, you better have the resources and the training to support that individual because if you keep putting people in there at a lower pay grade, expecting, you know, brilliance and what have you. No, you're not doing any justice to yourself, the employees. You're going to continue filling that role once you burn that person out. Um, it could be perceived as a lapse of, I mean, that's definitely a lapse of operational judgment. I have very strong opinions about that. You need to be supporting your staff and educating them, like I said before, training, um, et cetera. That, yeah, that's not, it's not good at all. And then I can think of a bazillion different instances where that has occurred and several references <laughs> that I can make because it's all too prevalent. It's too prevalent, you know? And when I was made a GM, I was thrown into that position uh, at the age of, let's say, 25 or 26. And I had been an FOM for six months. And then I sat there with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, asked a really, uh, really very simple question to the point where the revenue manager looked at me, just, just blank face. And then um, my VP of ops looked at me and she's like, she paused and she's like, I'm so glad you're asking questions. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I bet you are. <laughs> but that's how you learn. The difference was, is that I had a management company that took a, made a bet on a dark horse, okay? In what could have very easily been a situation where they could have brought in somebody more experienced because of the day that I became the GM was the day they filed bankruptcy. So I put a lot of pressure leaning on my VPO. Now, she, she was also a CHT, Certified Hospitality Trainer. So she had the knowledge and the wherewithal and the experience because she was um, a lady of, uh, you know, probably 40 years of experience in the industry. Um, she knew exactly what to do. She was very good at uh, managing me and my questions. You know, we had our weekly call, but at the same time, you have to be in pursuit of knowledge. You have to ask questions. They can't anticipate every, every you know, thing you're going to run into or everything you'll have a question about. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that, 
you know, it's such a catch 22. Like I get that money's tight right now, but if you don't have somebody that has at least half a brain cell of what you need. Well, no, it's not even that. Like, I don't wait, even want to have a brain cell. Wait, until your, like wait until your glorified front <laughs> office manager screws up an RFP. Go ahead. Go ahead. Find out. <laughs> Screw around and find out. That's exactly what's going to happen. I know. Because they're going to they're going to turn down an RFP for Microsoft, GE, whatever, because they've con- been conditioned to say, oh, commission is bad or whatever. No, some of it's pay to play. Like, and it's a nuance of every single property. Does this work for you in your market? Is this just a cross you have to bear? No. <laughs> okay. And wait for them to not yield your rates properly. Wait for them to not manage your inventory properly. Wait for them to churn through your entire staff. Like, let's go ahead and have a 200% turnover rate. Like, that's what you're asking for when you say, when you tap somebody unqualified on the shoulder because they may or may not have, uh, what, give me, oh, let me tell you this example. Okay, so took over a hotel. <laughs> no, no, you're not even ready. <laughs> you're not even ready. This owner, straight face, put, a GM in that had managed a gas station. That was the person's qualification. They were a supervisor at a gas station. Um, and unfortunately the hotel looked like it. So <laughs> before said, or after the lit match. <laughs> gas prices these days, as you know, they're going up. And then in this economy, we have to be very mindful of, you know, purchasing that gas companies. I'm kidding. We should we should. <laughs> naughty us okay but it's it's the freaking truth okay um yeah that that there's it's gonna get really expensive really quickly if you do that and it's not something that people don't think about it's not you're stepping over a dollar to pick up 50 cents later you're not looking at the global picture of what an experience costs so what like i was saying earlier you have to be willing to be there in a supportive kind capacity with that general manager you need to understand you will receive eight calls a day that's fine it's beautiful they're thirsty they want the knowledge okay right so i um that's my, that's my advice to ownership and as a hotel owner i have no problem paying a gm okay get this sixty thousand dollars a year you're a cha okay bring it on you have to commit to being a CHA or receiving your CHA within a year of uh, hire. 90 days, boom, CHA, of course, I'll pay for it or a CLM, all right? And then you have a year. And if you fail it, you pay me back. It's $750. And everybody's like, oh, that's so expensive to do training. Can you imagine if I didn't train them? I want to be able to look at them moving 90 miles an hour and know that they, they will know what I'm talking about when I drop industry jargon. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 1000%. You know, all I can think of is, you know, a very young, doe-eyed new GM in this industry getting that call from their Expedia.com rep. And you know how sweet they can be in telling you all the options you have. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can think of. When about me. <laughs> no, actually not you. But like, think about it. they're really persuasive. And if you have like oh, they are. a oh, young GM, or like, oh man, they can get me all these rooms, especially right now. 
why do you think Expedia is calling you? They're dealing with the same crap that you are, that reservations aren't coming in. <laughs> or CLC's like, or CLC's like, ooh, our dynamic program, you can do this, blah, 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 blah. Have you thought about renegotiating your rates? It's an LR. Okay, they can lead these people off a cliff. Have you thought about using Accelerator? Like those phone calls <laughs> like I used to get, and I'd be like, in my gut, I'd be like, this is, something is wrong like be wary of okay my grandma always said and it stays true be wary of those who come bearing gifts 1000 percent. i always want to sit there and be like do you want lady i i did dare i know what you're <laughs> offering <laughs> well, i was one of the last generations that did dare <laughs> so was i <clears throat> so i don't even know what it stands for Drug abuse resistance education. Oh my God, we just went back like 26 years, 28 years. It's Celine. Can't you hear Celine in the background? She was like, yeah. the Zamdi threats <laughs> <laughs> and her little lies. I love this podcast. People are going to be listening to this podcast, especially no, after we should, have- No, but this is like, this is like real life. This is real life. This is real life operations. Look, let's have the discussion. I'd be having, okay. I want to set the picture in. Sicily. <laughs> yeah, 1912. No, picture it. Rooftop deck. It's beautiful. Okay. It's just after sunset. Everybody on this podcast has a martini in their hand. It is a breezy 72 degrees and the humidity is just right. That's the setting for this podcast. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful, and if any of you are actually interested, we'd love to know if you comment on this post. If all goes well, Patrick and I will have to live stream one of our carpool karaoke sessions. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> while we well while we shop comp sets or something. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny! To your in Gastonia, I found that video. I sent that to you. I know. I just. They'll, they'll, they'll have to comment if they want to see that though. That that's oh, no, no, some no, real. No, no, no. We well, I mean, that's it's it's definitely true to who we are. It's like you know, <laughs> friends and like business, not necessarily business. Okay, we're real people, so we yeah. don't just grind all day in an office. We're not stuffed shirts. We're not what have you. I ran across. Let me let me just segue. I want to segue into something. Haley, mm. how do you feel about people who use industry buzzwords? Let's circle back on that wheelhouse, not wheelhouse, because you use that one sometimes. So it's different when I'm not. <laughs> it's different when you do it. That bus felt great. <laughs> okay, like when they talk about the industry as a space, I'm just like, have you ever had an original idea in your life? Well, what I think kind of to tag to that, I know we're going so off topic, but I think one of the things that's been a blessing these days, I think with the rise of TikTok, with the rise of Clubhouse, is people don't always want to see that polished LinkedIn version. They want to know that you have, you know, worked multiple sports youth group weekends with hockey teams, that you have that battle scar and those badges. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to know. You have had to tell a group of Canadian Karens <laughs> to go, 
pull their children out of the pool or to have them stop destroying the hotel. Oh my well, they God. sit in the lobby and drink. I know. <laughs> it was the worst. Okay. It was the worst. And I definitely did not at any point in time uh, was I coerced into doing a shot as a front desk agent with a bunch of pushy Canadians that were fun. Okay. Never, and that's never. after they bought me dinner. Never. I would never do that. Never, never. Never. <laughs> no, no. So to segue from that, uh, how do you review a GM? <laughs> to back off of that, to, hit Scott, to hopscotch right off of that. Okay, all seriousness, um, reviews, employee reviews are always a very serious matter when it comes to uh, employee law liability for your company. You should do at least an annual review every year so that they know exactly where they stand with their performance their successes, their opportunities, and it's a great place to, uh, you know, make a touch point on things. Now, I believe that there should be no ambiguity for any employee to know at any point in time how their performance is going, because as a good manager, you should be following up with them. You should be talking to them. You should be continuously training them. You should be assessing the um, the opportunities to grow them as people. And you can't do that if you're just sitting behind a desk in your office and listening to them on the phone or not interacting with them or not talking to the staff. You know, you should not expect what you don't inspect. Now, when it comes to doing a review for a GM, it's a little bit different than sitting down and, you know, reviewing your frontline staff. Okay. I always do the self-assessment. I send them their PDF. There, here is the criteria of what is being measured. You give yourself a score, and then you tell me why in a series of sentences. I, I want to see that box full. I want to hear exactly what you think. Okay, and then they send it back to me, and then I finish it with my thoughts, and I say, you know, uh, you know, Patrick agrees with GM, so on and so forth. There were specific instances, so on and so forth. And what I'm referring to is attached to that review. It's going in the file as one. Okay. I usually so, don't have to do that a lot. I think that's fantastic. So on the other hand, you have a GM that's not doing well. Mm. How do you let a GM go? <sighs> well, when you work for me, um, there has to be, there's literally no way you don't know it's coming. There's literally no way you don't know it's coming because we have exhausted every opportunity to work together to improve the situation. Uh, there have been verbals like, hey, you know, the courtesy phone call, the, okay, I'm looking for this report or, okay, I'm looking for this, or, okay, the scores, so on and so forth. You're not going to put it in writing yet because the moment you put it in writing, it becomes progressive, uh, you know, the letter of expectation, and then you review the policies, and then the one-on-one -on -one meetings that are, you know, um, it, legitimized by something in writing, okay? It's not an off-the, you know, off-the-record conversation that you're having because you know that they've got what it takes, there's just a disconnect somewhere. And then when they start struggling, I look at myself as an employer and say, have I given them every opportunity to succeed? Have I trained? Have I done training? Have they become complacent? 
what role did I play in this and what can I do to make it better? Now, a lot of people would be thinking that I'm waffling or, you know, something like that. I think asking the question to the employee is a sign of leadership strength. I don't want to replace a GM. I don't want to replace my front desk agent. I hired them for a reason. I hired them because I saw something in them. Okay. And it's not a, I don't want to be proven wrong. It's a, I know you have it because I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing. I saw you, I see your credentials. We came in hot for a while there. You know, what, what's going on? And terminating a GM is kind of, it's, it's so brutal because it's hard. You there's have, loyalties. What? That's hard because there's loyalties too. Well, there's loyalties. They might be so loyal to you. They might just, they're, they're just not something changed in their life and they're not. Uh, oh, I, able I meant to with fulfill. like hourly staff to that GM too. I mean, like you can deal with that waterfall effect of. Well, turnover. what is it? Is the, the turnover cost for a GM is two or three times their salary? you know, that's, that's ugly. And it's, it's uh, systemic. Okay. So it's not something you want to do. You just don't want to burn through GMs, uh, not at a reputable hotel. Anyway, stop hiring gas station attendants to run your properties. <laughs> <laughs> but now we said it. I said I, what I said. You did. Okay. So, but the whole thing is, and I'll tell you why real quick, why it's brutal, because you have to go in, you have to change all the passwords to the payroll. You have to cut off their access to the portal. You have to cut off their email. You have to cut off you know, all of these things. And you feel the entire time you're thinking with your wallet as an owner and not your heart, because you have had many situations with this GM, potentially where you have felt or developed a bond and you have to separate yourself personally from, you know, the business end and the, you know, the rapport you may have struck up, okay? Because the struggle is real. I mean, game sees game. Like we, we enjoy each other's company, the GMs and I, but when something's going on and we have to, you know, address it or snap to it, you know, they're, they're usually quick to buck up um, and understand the change in tone. It's not like I'm flipping on them like Jekyll and Hyde. It's a, okay, but this is a thing. Here's the boundary. You know, we, we uh, definitely have an issue putting in our invoices on time and coding things to the direct, correct accounting period. So our P&Ls either look really, really, really good around bonus time mm, <laughs> or, or really, really, really bad the first month of the next quarter. So yeah, that's, that's a trick the GMs like to do. Everybody pay attention. Uh, what they'll do is that they'll forget to put in invoices, okay, for the, at the end of the quarter, based on like, you know, whatever the totals are, and then they'll add them to the next accounting period, and just, you know, they'll qualify for their bonus if you don't catch it, and I don't know any hotel company on the God's green earth that would allow that to happen, but it's a thing I've seen them try to do, so, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, well, you know, kind of on this topic, do you have your GMs sign non-competes and what is your opinion on non-competes? <laughs> Gather around children. <laughs> I have a lot of soapbox aforementioned. Here it comes. Okay, so no, I do not have the GMs sign non-competes. Um, I'm not that brutal. Uh, 
I feel as though they should be able to dispatch their talent anywhere they want to in the industry. And if I lose them as a good GM and I'm terrified to the point where I need to have them sign a non-compete, then it sucks that I suck. Okay. Period. <laughs> I guess I should have done better. Okay. Um, I understand non-disclosure agreements. I get those. Okay. Proprietary information, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I have a huge problem with non-competes because I don't think that they should be legal. I think that when you have somebody with a specific skill set, they should be able to use it whenever they want. That is an asset of theirs. You are stopping them from, you know, uh, receiving ROI on an asset and with their families and, you know, contributing to their welfare. All right, Haley, I'm just going to say it. Okay, so pandemic has brought out a lot in companies, okay, and their true colors. So in the quote-unquote space, I have seen certain companies uh, require their employees to sign and uh, non-compete. And it's kind of, you know, the one that I'm, you know, referring to has, you know, I've read the non-compete. It's kind of a little vague, a little, you know, what have you, um, holes here and there. So specifically the issue I have with this non-compete, okay, is A, the state that it uh, would be arbitrated in, okay? First of all, it has to be arbitrated. I don't like that. It, you should, nobody should ever sign their rights away. Employees cannot sign their rights away, Okay. I think I don't sometimes know. employees, you know, I don't want to say the word bully, but like, you know, it's like, do you want this, you know, <laughs> do you want this job? And, you know, is this, I, I, is this a condition of employment? Do I need to sign this? You know yeah, what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. And, you know, and I kind of wonder with the way companies have even switched up their contracts, you know, kind of going through COVID and having to lose a bunch of staff and do what they need. I almost wonder if we're going to start seeing cases where you know companies have made the existing employees resign new contracts that are even more you know restrictive. Oh, I'm, but curious they have. To, yeah, I'm curious to see if that's going to be you know become a theme because that is that's well, let me predatory. tell you something. Let me tell you about it's predatory. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's worse than predatory. It's sadistic, Haley. It is sadistic. You are a trash employer if you need to have all of your people, every single person that works for you in their contract, they need to sign a, uh, a non-compete. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the talent that you're hiring? What are they going to rise up? Okay, so the other issue I have with non-competes is it needs to have a radius. It cannot, a, a distance radius, like traditionally, it's different when you're talking about uh, like work from home environments where uh, you know, you could be a regional director of sales for a company and you work everywhere. So it's not practical necessarily for you to have um, a geographical boundary. So what we're doing really is getting into, you know, as we change our employment space, okay, we are having to update our laws and it's going to be done painfully through case law and precedent. Basically, I have a humongous problem, huge problem, and I tell everybody I know when this topic comes up, with a company that will prevent you during a pandemic after they lay you off, okay, from working anywhere in the industry, 
the first reaction you have would be to go work for another management company, would be to go work, okay, for yourself, to go do what you had to do to pay for your life, to pay for your wife and children, your family, whatever that may be, okay? You have a lot to take care of. And it's not your fault that you were laid off. It's not your fault. But when they send threatening letters, threatening letters, threatening to sue you because they found out that you tried to deploy your years of experience, acuity, and acumen that you have built over the years to even qualify for that position, okay? It's, unco it's unconscionable. It's unconscionable. No, that is why I do not have my GM sign up because I care about them. Even if they no longer work for me, even if it ended on bad terms, I'm not threatened by you, okay? I don't have that ego problem. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I, mean, I have, a, I have a little bit of an ego. It's, <laughs> I have a little bit of an ego, a little bit of okay, but like I'm not, I'm a nice person about it. I have very strict, I have a very strict moral code when it comes to the way people should be able to live their lives and employment law, and I think that person is trash. <laughs> And absolutely, you know, like I've seen friends that are in like regional sales roles, regional ops roles, you know, where they're, you know, they have non-competes, but it's like, you know, we don't want you necessarily actively competing in a specific comp set. And it's like, okay, I can, you know, I can get that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, like, especially in the sales roles, you see it a lot in sales roles because people are so afraid of directors of sales, sales managers going to another hotel and taking their accounts with them. But the thing is you have to also be strong in your own decorum to know that you provide a good product and you're gonna proactively really give those certain accounts special attention to try to, you know, to try to keep them. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, it, it's such a catch 22 in this whole last year was so devastating. And, you know, people just want to make a living. And I think one of the things that people forget is nobody is a one size fits all. Like the way that you manage is not necessarily right for somebody else. The way that I manage no. and I work is not right for, you know, just like no, ho no hotel is the same. No market is the same. No anything. You cannot have uh, a one-size-fits-all management style. You are absolutely right about that. And it also goes into your sales approach. You have to be very dynamic. Absolutely. And, you know, I get that people can be scared. I mean, this last year scared everybody. I mean, I cannot, I know that you were in this role. I cannot imagine having to be in the position to make those calls. Because, I mean, let's be frank, cuts had to be made. But it's they just it's the way that you do them. That's correct. And it's, Looking back, I didn't know what I didn't know what to do. For one of the first, Haley, you know me. I know exactly what I'm going to do at any given minute, and this is what we're going to do. Charge forward, you know, whatever. We've made a decision. Hope it's right. Okay, it's worked out well so far. I think. I hope. But when I sat there, I had to think. I have to tell forty people. Luckily, it was only forty by my calculations, we were very fortunate to have built the base that we had to have the business that we had that did not leave, okay? Um, limited service uh, properties, select service properties. Um, you know, that's, that's what I own, that's what I operate. So we were not as hard hit. I cannot, my heart goes out to the luxury brands. My heart goes out to the full service. 
Um, but I had to say and frame it. So I sent out a letter that was my signature on it because I wanted them to know it was from me from the top, okay? And what I did was let everybody know that for three weeks, just three weeks, I need them to stay home so that we can afford to keep the doors open. And I made it, there was a sense of duty with the staff that ended up going home and I was, or, you know, staying home. And I was like, I need you to stay home with your kids for three weeks. I need you to stay home and collect unemployment for three weeks. I was like, I can't afford to pay you. So March 24th, okay, I sent out the, you know, the legal document stating, you know, everybody was furloughed um, to be called back on uh, May 1st. A lot of people were called back before that. Um, it gave a laundry list of things like, you know, you need to, you know, you know, come back if you're called back beforehand and we're fortunate enough and able to do so, so on and so forth. But I never terminated anybody. There's the difference. I didn't terminate them. I told them all and they believed me because of how I run the properties and because of who I am as a person. They know me. They know my face. I'm not just an owner that sits behind a screen and shows up randomly and, you know, scares everybody. Um, they came back and they did what they had to do and we're fine. Absolutely. And, you know, there's ways that you can handle it. I mean, because some of, especially if you're a management company that owns a bunch of full service, a you're in our thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what they had to Be, go through the you know, that they had to make. There's still management companies that you saw that had to lay people off, like completely lay people off. There were still close finding, their doors. yeah, close the doors that we're still finding ways to get people groceries mm-hmm. that they had to lay out. Like just these extra mm-hmm. things. Like, do you know what? Like, I know, like feeling terrible that they can't employ somebody right now, but just being supportive, trying to find mm-hmm. solutions and oh, resources. I and I it's crazy. I didn't send out COBRA paperwork, Haley. Would you like to know why I didn't send out COBRA paperwork? Tell me. Because I paid for their freaking benefits while they were furloughed. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> weird. Imagine an employer doing that. I've ran across that so much. Okay you're going to lose your dental, your vision, your health or whatever. And by the way, you could pay full price for it for a cool $900 a month. Okay. I'm pretty sure that that's, you know, like a rent payment for a lot of folks out there. Oh, Um, absolutely. And you know, it's it's so crazy. Like, you know, I have this friend that was a regional director of ops for a company that got laid off and he had a non-compete and he pretty much, according to his non-compete, was not allowed to work a role like that. Like the, pretty much the only type of role he could take was going back to being like an on-site GM, AGM, which is like half of what he made. So it's like these companies are like, oh, well, you just can't do this role or, you know, we don't want you forming, you know, a company that could compete with me. You can go back to being a GM or working on property for half of what we were paying you though, too. Isn't that a kicker? Um, I would sue. If they sued me, I would sue back. 
I would sue back and I'd get a class action because I know that I wasn't the only one laid off in the company. <laughs> Say that there were 45, 55 people laid off. Well, it only takes three to make a class action lawsuit. So had lawsuits actually like been a thing, oh my God, I would have been on the sidelines cheering because it is such an egregious thing. Haley, I have such a problem on a moral constant it, it just grates at my moral constitution okay Absolutely. As, your, as your ethical duty as an employer that is your ethical duty having that command over somebody's life their welfare and their finances well I know you, you listened to the episode where we had Chris on here the director of um, hospitality recruiting and he was oh, that was a good one because a lot of people he said you know a lot of these companies over the next couple of years are going to have to wear what they sewed. <laughs> well, here's the thing. But that's exactly uh, reap, wear, what have you. Yeah, like we're not ignorant to the fact like layoffs had to happen. And honey, it's not going to be Prada. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the devil wears Prada. Um, but you know, we I think any normal individual understands like it has to happen. Like there's no way you can keep a full service hotel open and 8% occupancy and employ a team of six salespeople in your sales department. No, there's no, no. way. But I'm not going to make them do and not compete. I'm not going to do that. Oh, by the way, you can't work anywhere ever <laughs> for a year ever. It doesn't matter geographical distance. It's not a radius of five miles. It's not a radius of 20 miles. It's anywhere ever. It was the most broad and sweeping non-compete I have ever seen. And what- <laughs> And you're gonna have to I, send me I, that. No, I wanna look at this. No, when I, right, right. No, I will send it to you because this is- <laughs> I can't, I can't. Uh, uh, anyway. I literally wanna look at this. <laughs> I'll send it to you, I'll send it to you. I'm I'm, I'm, no I'm definitely gonna send it to you because you need to read this and then we can sit here and uh you know while we don't have cocktails on air we can have cocktails over this one uh, <laughs> because you know I've got a lot of friends looking for a lot of jobs right now yeah that's <sighs> so crazy well let's segue off of that to um you know what is a good way to you know keep your staff and keep your culture Cause I think that kind of ties in, you know, like the way that you lead is the type of culture you expect to set in your hotels. Like, you know, it's, it's good to have a, oh, we, you know, we do good at this or we're like family or we're this. And Ooh. I know, I know you just the gagged first, a little bit there. I died. I died. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me run with this one. Okay. If somebody says we're like a family, red flag huge red flag that means they're going to emotionally manipulate you and pay you less because they think that their good graces should be payment enough uh to make up the difference um and then it's also kind of usually catty and you know clicky and kind of exclusive i, I don't like that welcome term. to the manson family <laughs> basically <laughs> punch. okay so I don't know if anybody's still listening at this point. No, <laughs> in the broadcast. Well, it is. I mean, I hope they take it seriously, but it, yeah, I, maybe I hope they don't. Guys, we have to joke about this. Well, no, we have to because this is like heavy stuff. So, 
uh, the way I would do keep the culture like the GMs and the management companies, and it's just a trickle down effect. They are all responsible for setting the culture of their hotel and their company. Um, you are going to um, consistently prioritize tasks, consistently lead by example. Like, I don't think a lot of GMs realize that you may have 20, 50, 60, 70 people looking, seeing the look on your face every day and basing their work environment off of that or the way you're walking, your body language even. Okay, they're going to As I like, always say, this is why I did not get into operations. My face is too explicit. <laughs> right, so you've got to have a poker face a lot of the time and you have to stay calm because if you as a GM panic, it goes right down the line. Or if you as a GM erupt, it goes right on down the line. You're going to wreck your culture. Everybody's going to fear you rather, you know, they're going to, they're going to fear you. The reverence will be fear rather than actual respect for who you are as a manager. Um, also, transparency and management. Um, they should know that when you say something, that is what you mean and that is what it's going to be done. And they should know that when they come to you in confidence, it's not going to go any further uh, because of your open door policy and your respect that you, the mutual respect that you have for your uh, teammate as well. No, absolutely. That makes complete sense. You know, and it's also knowing your skill set too. Like, I know that hotel operations, like, you know, I have a good sense. I can train people. I know that, like, I know the job. I know what needs to be done. But you also need to assess <laughs> which mindset you are. I will never forget. I worked with this amazing team at this one hotel and the AGM got promoted or this director of sales part of me went to the AGM role. She's like, I missed operations. And meanwhile, I'm just looking at her like, what? <laughs> and she's like, you never know. You might want to cross back to operations. And I'm like, no, 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 so I won't. Much. And it was so like, involved. And it was like two weeks later, I walked past her office and, you know, there were housekeepers in there arguing over who had more linen to start the day. And I walked away, oh. came back and I was like, uh-uh, that's why Haley does not do operations. I Can would not be able to that? sit there. That's one of the first <laughs> lessons I learned as a GM is that housekeepers will fight each other for linen in the morning. And I'm like, Oh, oh my God, what is going on? Okay. Oh, just a thing. But we were, you know, there were dire straits. And then I never thought that not having linen, you know, night audit or whatever, didn't fold, you know, the sheets or whatever, like I had asked them to. And all of a sudden I hear this commotion. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we're, we're good. The, the, they stock their carts, you know, before they leave for the day. You know, we're good. Okay, well, apparently they didn't. Uh, apparently it was a systemic failure. It was a big learning opportunity for them. That, that's Huge another one, stocking the cart. This cart was a mess this morning. I just like, for me, like, I understand the seriousness and I've worked housekeeping, but I was like, I didn't, Sharpie I, did, marker, I, did, I didn't, name on it. I didn't want to cut somebody over my cart when I did housekeeping. <laughs> you did. Like, I, I mean, it. It's but, passionate. It's very but passionate. I ran, into, I ran into that too. And it got to the point where I was just like, okay, enough the kumbaya. I'm literally going to sharpie your name on this housekeeping cart. 
Now, yes, I would mix it up for our listeners. I would mix it up, have them switch sections, blah, 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 blah. It was a very professional thing. And I framed it very differently when addressing the situation. But the thought process in my head was, oh my God, for the love of God, you know, you have a myriad of competing issues going on behind you. You know, everything's on fire, okay? And people are fighting over a housekeeping cart. But back to the culture, it is extraordinarily important that you do that you do not break your poker face and you hand it in a you handle it in a fair, consistent manner. Okay. Do not show your emotions. You are solutions only. Do not add to the problem. Because if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Absolutely. And since we're talking about this difference between sales and operations, how do you manage the sales process from a GM ownership perspective? Because at the end of the day, if you're the GM, you're responsible for the whole shebang. The whole enchilada. And not to mention if you're a management company, (laughs) you really are on the on the line for the like a manager or owner operator. So you're like actually, you know, like when it comes to when it's a really dire situation, you're performing open heart surgery on yourself pretty much. (laughs) Um I'm a little bit different in terms of, you know when it comes, I have a, I have more skin in the game. So I'm on every single revenue call and every single sales call for each of the properties. Yes, it takes a lot of time out of my day, a lot of time out of my week. It chews up probably eight hours of my week between all of that. Do I stay the whole time on all of these calls? No. Uh, do I do a majority? Because we don't want to micromanage. Well, I don't want to micromanage, but like also, um, I present it as I'm working with you. Now, that's ultimately what I'm doing. I view it as the team exercise. Um, but it's, you know, we're tossing ideas around and, you know, I even, you know, the GM may say something and it might be a better idea. Okay, a different perspective. I'm not, I'm humble enough to say, you know, as an owner of the property that, yeah, that is a great idea. Not only am I your boss, not only are we talking about my money, but I like your idea that that was good. That was good. I did not think of it that way. Excellent work. Um, but managing a sales process, you have to somehow carefully gauge productivity, conversion, effort, proactive, reactive sales, and discern that from a report that they may or may not have fluffed. Okay. And it's not like you can call the people that they prospected and grill them and be like, so this is Patrick from XYZ Hotel. Did my salesperson really call you? What did they talk to you about? <laughs> like you, you can't, you can't do that. That's not okay. Um, so you are gonna have to get to know the daily routine and hold frequent meetings and be as involved. Um, you know, make sure you take the time to meet with your salespeople once a week. I know we get into the humdrum of, you know, oh, I know what they're doing. I read the report. I trust them. Again, do not expect what you do not inspect. Okay. Oh, 1000%. You know, I, and the, I and think the as 10, an owner, and the 10 by 10, I want to see the 10 by 10. Tell them what the 10 by 10 is. Kelly. Oh, you guys, the 10 by 10 is your salesperson on site. Full-time salesperson should have 10 prospecting calls done by 10 a.m. Tense prospecting activities. Like I'll let an email be one of those. 
Patrick, you're getting too soft on me. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's like as I, as I'm just, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, pandemic prospecting is terrible, but you know, I feel like, you know, as a GM, this is me offering some light into operations. You should have a handle on who your top accounts are. Like you should know, you know, who your top accounts are. You should definitely know who your top accounts are because it is your livelihood. That is your corporate base. That is what you need to, uh, you know, you need to manage that because who's, who's ownership going to look at at the end of the day, huge $400,000 account leaves, you're in trouble. You're a big dog trouble. Um, not only should the GM know this person, know the people that stay there, they should also be in touch with the decision maker on, you know, at that company. Um, you know, like our, you know, the one property uh, has, you know, uh, one humongous LNR that, you know, it needs such care, such, you know, uh, you know, sometimes compassion when it comes to, you know, okay, these rooms didn't, you know, book, they didn't come in, they didn't whatever. No, we're not going to charge you. You need to use a lot of judgment there. Absolutely. And by knowing your accounts too, I think, I don't want to call it quizzing your salesperson, but if your salesperson doesn't know who the travel manager is for one of your top 25 uh. CNR accounts, <laughs> And they've been there for more than six months. That is a problem. That was my favorite. The Owens Corning. The Owens Corning day. I will never forget. I will never forget. Oh my God, it was so bad. It's a day that will live in infamy. (laughs) I've literally, I will never forget when you called me after that. You're like, (laughs) I have known you for a while. And I think that is one of the most savage things you've ever done. I got on LinkedIn and just like in 2.5 seconds, like this is the email search on LinkedIn, whatever. And I was like, boom, here it is on the call. Savage done. Launched uh-huh. the albatross right across their bow. Just to was- be like, to make a point, to make a point that it took me and it had been on the agenda for two weeks. There was a request that was made. It was whatever. And sometimes you had to demonstrate by example, but unfortunately <laughs> I get to drop the hammer in in terms of acumen and this was something you know it's not like this was not a method that she wasn't trained in this is definitely something that she had been trained to employ um you know to get around you know the gatekeepers okay that was necessary they couldn't get on the facility owens corning would not let you on the facility um yeah where there's a will there's always a way and i think that also Get your salespeople training. Like most of the brands offer training. There's third-party companies that offer training. You have that launched, right? What launched? Do you have that? Okay. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, I thought we were bouncing ideas off each other one night, and I thought that was something that you were. There is there is something in the works. Don't give it away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you did. I can't keep track of everything you do. You've got like, you know, I don't sleep. You've got like half TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) You know, you know what my grandma ate for dinner last night? Like, you don't stop. So I I was like, gosh, probably. I have to pull out my crystal ball. (laughs) 
Okay. Anyway. And I'll add a little bit of thine own tongue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone hates us. They're like totally over. They're they're, they're done with us at this point. (laughs) We're almost done. We promise. We're almost done. No, it's fine. There's definitely a loose agenda here. Again, now at this point in the evening, the sun has set a little further. It's about 70 degrees. The breeze is still active. The band has started playing. We're on drink number two. Four. Patrick is on drink number four. <laughs> Hypothetically, I'm literally drinking crystal light right now. Don't think, don't think I'm crap. All right. But no, I mean, get your people training. You know, there's, it doesn't even have to be expensive, but you just can't take, especially if you're going to take a younger person. And I would not be where I am if somebody did not take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. But if you take a younger person that has that tenacious energy, oh. give them a little bit of training and they will soar. They just need a little bit. And a lot of the trainings now, I know after I did mine with Hilton for Hampton uh, in Vegas, which was fantastic. Um, they transitioned it to online probably because of my Vegas class, but um <laughs> <laughs> But a lot of these trainings are available online, especially now with COVID. So they're not even missing office time. You can still micromanage them from their desk. Mm. <laughs> so what do you think about, what do you think is good advice for somebody wanting to become a, uh, a director of sales, a regional director of sales, step into your role, property management, you know, on property, that sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, you know, I was actually kind of giving this advice the other day on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss that one? <laughs> on TikTok, because somebody was asking me, you know, what it takes to, you know, get into hotel sales. And I think this kind of goes for any position in the hotel industry Mm -hmm. is you are always going to be your own biggest advocate. Nobody is going to hand it to you. Nobody's coming to save you. Absolutely. And I'll never forget. I, you know, when I went to that Radisson downtown, I worked front desk, I got promoted to sales, you know, coordinator admin. And I worked that role for just over a year and they had a convention services manager job pop up, which is, you know, great entry level into a sales manager role because there's not necessarily a whole lot of prospecting in that role. You're doing a lot of detailing. Um, and, you know, based on some of the other managers that I had good, you know, recommendations from, they're like, yeah, that'd be a great, you know, step for you. And the company ended up wanting somebody with quote, sales management experience and that my sales coordinator experience was not enough. And I'm just like, well, crap, how do I get sales management experience if nobody gives it to me? And I remember talking to one of the other department heads there and she told me, she's just like, Haley, you're not going to get a fair shake here. Start applying elsewhere. And that's what I did. And, you know, each job that I took up to that point, you know, I was usually in it at least a year or so with you know, the exception of two places, mm-hmm. um, a one, I was offered a much better job. And the other one was so toxic that it had me looking, you know, if you're going home from a job with a migraine every day after working 10 plus hours, that's a problem. Like th- that's a problem. So, I mean, the biggest thing I have to say is you have to advocate for yourself and you have to be like part ninja and part savage. 
think outside of the box. I mean, you know, I have created music videos to send in with our piece to get business. I remember that. It's the worst fun. It is, but you have to be tenacious, think outside the box and you know, be honest, if you don't know something, ask. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I had, you know, a couple of GMs, um, especially my last on-property position. I had a GM that pushed me to learn revenue management, you know, literally taught me way more than I ever thought. And even compared to other DOSs in the area, she just enhanced my skill set because I had that tenacity of wanting to learn. And I'm so thankful, you know, for but that experience. I find the tenacity in the young ones that want to learn and are have that thirst to succeed. I find it intoxicating. I entertain the bejesus out of it. Um, because it reminds me a little bit of me when I was that young and, you know, had the twinkle in my eyes still. And like the whole, like hotel, the hotel industry was a brand new place and everything was exciting. Do you want me to play Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey? <laughs> no, but the real question is, do you still love me after 10 years? Cause I'm no longer young and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Always. We're, we're seasoned. <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is you have to be your own advocate and you have to go out and learn because you may work for a less than stellar management company that won't send you to training that, Ugh. I mean, they have no problem. Like a bad management company will have no problem sacrificing you at the stake. Oh, they'll, <laughs> just fire you. They'll, just, they'll just fire you and be like, well, they didn't work out. That's and what I was it, talking about earlier. Don't, don't plan on spending $32,000 on a GM. First of all, I don't understand how that's even okay. Are you kidding me? I've seen people posting sales roles for commission only or $12 an hour. Like I, I, you're just as stunned as I am. Like, Ugh. like we get it. It's hard. Money's tight, but guys, that was going to cost you're you. You're going to get what you pay for. You're going to get what you're going to, no, 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 no. You're going to get what you pay for. No. So I, would you rather stay on unemployment, Haley? Then, <laughs> okay, because that's just indicative of what the employer is. And let's be honest, even if you get like say a regional sales director for your piddly 12 bucks an hour, what do you think they're gonna do the first chance somebody posts another job for more money? Correct, they're gonna <laughs> bolt where, they, where the regional sales director can make $40 an hour. Okay, because that's what, <laughs> go ahead and compare. I know it's difficult, but that's what, you know, that's about what the, the uh, position commands. Absolutely, for, for a good one, absolutely. And I think, what is that old saying? Because one of the things that you have to realize is, you know, I see a lot of micromanaging sometimes from the upside into sales especially right now during a pandemic, like having somebody full-time on site, what are they doing right now? A pandemic prospecting sucks. It still needs to be done, but that person does not need to be in your office every day. They should be able to hybridly work remotely, come in and touch base. Like, you know, there's other ways to make people happy besides just money. Like if the work's being done, 
like them sitting in your, you're just going to sit there and stare at them making phone calls. Let's be honest. You have better things to do with your time than to stare at somebody making a phone calls either. And if you have to micro manage somebody like that, they shouldn't be there in the first place. Correct. You need to trust your employees. You've empowered them to, you know, have, you've given them that authority. You need to empower them to use that. I know that GM that I mentioned that, you know, literally took me from here to the stars practically in my <laughs> skill set. Um, you know, for the first 30 days when I started, she's like, okay, just, you know, when you get something you want to quote, come see me, we'll sit down, we'll talk about it. Cause she wanted to get a feel for where I was mentally in my thought process of quoting, because, you know, with that role too, cause it was a nicer hotel. I'd kind of worked for undesirables up until that point. <laughs> um, I mean, I said it. I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. I um, said what I said. I know. Is that Nene Leaf scene? Yeah. I, I think it Iconic. is. Iconic. That's what I think. I think of that, that gif. <laughs> gif with a gif every time. But I mean, you know, for the first couple weeks, you know, I went in there and I was just like, okay, I have a request for a block of rooms here our rates are this, this is what I'm thinking. And after a couple of weeks, she's like, yep, you got it, go. And she also made the rule. She's just like, you need to do your brand certified training. It was required for QA. Um, she's just like, after you've been here for, you know, three to six months and, you know, we're liking where we're mutually going. She's like, then we'll sign you up for your sales thing. Like, I think that's another thing for management companies. Don't send them right away. Like you got to feel them out <laughs> for a hot second before you spend that money. But I mean, it, it, it was just, it was such a great process. It was a great management company taught me so much and really gave me that, that insight. Um, you know, one of the other things that I, I know this is totally off topic, but one of the things I learned is that I had to learn to price myself and hold the value because my hotel was so nice, was number one on TripAdvisor, was this, that my hotel was worth a certain value. It wasn't like I was desperate to get people in the doors. Like, no, I don't want your corporate group on Tuesday night for one night. I sell out at 179. I don't need it. <laughs> but I just, uh, we've gotten off on so many tangents tonight, Patrick. Yeah, but I no, think it's, it's all, okay. It's all great stuff though. Um, you know, I know that we're going to wrap up well, here. And the thing is, if people have questions, um, add us on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Shoot us, Make sure you join us. the LinkedIn group. We have a little LinkedIn group. You can ask questions. And... Super cute. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely ask questions. You know, I'll comment there. Um, you know, DM me, DM Haley, get in the group, whatever you want to do. Let's keep the dialogue open. Um, Absolutely. So well, Patrick, I, I you wish have to come we... back in a month. We have I know. You, you I missed know. Me in February. I know. Well, I was on hiatus. <laughs> ops life. Hashtag <laughs> ops life. Haley can't do it tonight. Sorry. The bus flipped over in Turkey and I had to help. No, I'm, you know, I'm sitting in my office like hello darkness my old friend <laughs> all these people have heard us like sing songs like they, they're gonna have to get a carpool karaoke session well have you no have you heard wait hold on have you heard the pentatonics version of that sound of silence song no I'll have to I mean my husband tries to tell me the disturbed version is better and I'm like you cannot ruin you know the what it is Simon and Garfunkel for me okay <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yeah. But they, it was within the last year or so, but it is so beautiful the way the parts are played. Um, 
you know, they go first as a per this verse is a person, this verse is a person, this verse is a person, etc. I think um, everybody so knows that, is, that our hotel lives are a musical. Oh, it's true. <laughs> One day more. Do you hear the people sing? Do you hear? <laughs> we say that quite frequently. But uh, Patrick, I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me again. I look forward to having you next month. I think next month we're I'm probably going to focus on like QA inspections, staff expectations for mm. hourly staff, all that fun stuff since we're finally starting to come out of the grips of COVID a bit more. So thank you again, you guys. I'm going to have all his information down below. If you have a hotel that's in need of a management contract and you want a team that is very hands-on, has no problem even driving to your hotel to be an interim GM, mm -hmm. cover a desk shift, you guys need to check out Dominion Hospitality. They are a breath of fresh air. They bring a great product to the table and they're a lot more flexible than most other management companies in their contracts. You know, we it's are COVID we are outside. Not, <laughs> yeah, baby, it's COVID outside. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not your mom's management company. We do it a little bit differently. So uh, we'd love to open a dialogue if anybody is interested. So I will um, put his information down there, Patrick. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me back on and letting me banter back and forth with you like the old days. <laughs> All right. Well, we were soon. young and beautiful. <laughs> We still are. We That's, are. We're not a video. This is a podcast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.